Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast. A podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your host, Jared and James. And today we are talking about pre-sales and pre-orders and allocation. Oh my. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last pod we talked about the lore behind Lorcana with three special guests. So if you missed that, make sure to go back and and catch it. And today we are talking about pre-sales, pre-orders, and allocation. So as the release of Lorcana continues, it's seemingly slow march towards release. Uh, We are entering the period of time where people are wanting to reserve their place in line. Yep. So today we're going to talk about three specific terms that we see popping up in the Discord and Twitter over and over and over again. And those three words are pre-orders, pre-sales, and allocation, if you haven't guessed by now. I was confused when I first got into the TCG community. I figured pre-sales and pre-orders were the same thing, but they're not. And today we're going to tease out those differences. So let's talk about pre-sales. Pre-sales are, well, they're bad because it's people who are pre-selling the items that they don't even have and they're hoping they can get. Now, they may be able to get them. Uh, but they can't necessarily guarantee it. So these are the things you'll see like on eBay where someone on eBay is pre-selling a booster box for $250 or a deck for $40 or a gift box for $50 or $70 or whatever they're doing. These are people who are trying to get people who are hungry for the product and aren't uh, doing uh, either due diligent research or just uh, want to get something to make sure that they get something and they're taking advantage of that. I, I can't remember when I first saw the first pre-sale, but it seems like it started at the beginning of the year. Even I I think it was like right after they announced the product line. And then like within a few days, if not a few hours, someone had up like the booster boxes for sale for two fifty. It's like crazy. And it makes you wonder, who are these people that are buying this product? Well, I know who they are. They're people who are scared that they're not going to be able to buy in because it's going to be such a hot ticket item. This is just a funny side story. So Mario from Mario's Gaming World, he had a meme up of Luigi, who's like his nemesis. And it says, Luigi says, buy the pre-sales. And so when I first saw that meme, I thought pre-sales equals pre-orders. So I kept pushing it <laughs> like, yeah, let's buy the pre-sales, be like Luigi. And he'd be like, no, don't be like Luigi. So, uh, and I told him I was going to make this meme happen. But now that I know the difference, I I don't know. This goes back to me being a TCG newbie, I guess. I 
need to educate myself before I start uh, making statements like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I, I didn't know. I mean, I, I probably had had known at some point that they were called pre-sales, but it never really, you know, hit my head that they were pre-sales because I mean, I always saw those, you know, throughout convention experiences where people were pre-selling uh, items at uh, conventions where for exclusive, they knew they might be able to pick up. It's just, it was just that area of things where it's like the hope that you can get them and someone is willing to pay them whatever markup they're, that they, they are listed at just for the, to make sure they have a chance to get it. Yeah. I don't know. That's a big risk. And I see people all the time. They're like, should somebody's listing it on eBay? Should I buy it? And I'm just like, no, no, yeah. they don't even have the product and they're not even guaranteed to get it. And, and otherwise, what I hear people saying is, otherwise, you're giving them an interest-free loan until they have the product. <laughs> right. And the thing to remember is that those specific listings are like 100% against eBay terms of service. You know, you have to remember that if it's more than 30 days away, technically eBay will not protect you at all. And those listings aren't even supposed to be there. So keep that wow. in mind. I didn't realize they didn't offer protection after 30 days. Like I knew something about eBay that was like 30 to 60 days. They shouldn't be allowed to sell it. But I didn't realize if you go past that time frame that they don't protect you. So anyway, that's pre-sales. Let's talk about the next word, which are pre-orders. Pre-orders are something that you can do after a store. It's typically a local game store. Um, but sometimes big box store is pretty certain that they're going to get a certain amount of product and your local game store will um, put up on their website. Like this is how much product we expect to have. Um, they can be a little higher than MSRP, but it's not going to be like a hundred percent higher. I placed a pre-order with one of my local game stores here the other day. I don't think I told you this, James. Um, I just got one box because it's all the way on the other side of town and it's not the local game store that I want to build my community in. But it's like I had to have it. Like, I want to make sure I get my place in the line. And I think I ended up paying $162 for the box. So the MSRP for a box, I think, is around $143, $142. So I did end up paying like a little bit more. But at this point in the game, I was okay with that. And so pre-orders are just what they said, what they sound like. You're actually ordering the product before it comes out. Uh, local game stores uh, will get the product. And so you can be most, not guaranteed, but they are going to get the product. So they will be able to fulfill at least a portion of your order, which is what we're going to talk about next. Um, but the pricing will be all over the place. Some places will want to make sure that they sell out so they will lower the price below MSRP. Other ones will just go straight MSRP, just like you will find it at the big box stores a few weeks after the local game stores get it. Others will go higher because, uh, uh, to be honest, margins at uh, local game stores for trading card games are not very high. You know, most retail stores, you know, they can mark things up 50%, 100%, make their money. But uh, that margin is nowhere near that for uh, trading card games. So uh, they, you know, you said you paid a, around 160 something. That's 
what, less than $20 above MSRP after tax. So yeah. it's, not, it's not a horrible markup. It's a lot better than the 250 that those eBay sellers are selling. Um, so, you know, it's just, you know, you just have to determine after you've called your local game stores, see which ones are doing pre-orders, if they're even doing pre-orders, because we've, I don't know about you, but I've talked to at least, I think definitely one who is not taking any pre-orders. They're just going to be selling when it comes out or taking an interest list once they know what they're getting, you know, that kind of a thing. And so from there, the, what they're getting, that's what we're going to talk about next, uh, which is allocation. And this is, this is the big one. This is the one that is going to be the biggest thing, I think, with the initial release of Lorcana. It's, it's going to be bad, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so do tell us, what is allocation, James? So allocation is when, uh, let's, well, we'll talk about Lorcana. If, let's say Lorcana gets orders for 10 million boxes of booster boxes, and they make... 1 million. Well, they now have 10 million or 9 million orders that they can't fill. So now they take every order and they cut it down and they give you what they, you know, the, the ratio that they give you. So in my mind, that means everyone gets one tenth of what they ordered because one tenth of what was ordered was produced. Uh, now, this is the thing that is, I think, going to lead to the horror stories. And in when I was uh, running a comic book store, uh, I had to deal with this a few times where um, they had a specific print run for something. And of course the orders were higher than the print run because it, maybe it was a limited item and it got allocated. And so every store, like if you ordered five and it got allocated half, you then either got two or three, depending on, you know, where you fell, you know, just randomly you get two or three. But from the stories I've been hearing from people dealing with trading card games and the distributors of trading card games, the other things that are coming into play, not just how much did you order and then that percentage is taken off of your order, but how much do they like you? How much does the distributor like the local game store that they're dealing with? How many other things do you order from them? You know, do you order a lot of magic or some other product that maybe the distributor ordered a bunch of and they are trying to move and so you take it off their hands and they're like, okay, that's a cool shop. Let's give them more of the Lorcana in the percentage allocation than this other store who didn't order this product. So to me, a distributor should be just the middleman, not the decision maker. They should just be, oh, it's 10%. Everybody gets 10% of their order. That to me is a fair allocation for everybody because that's the way it should be. But I'm from what I understand, that may not happen. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing as well. Uh, there was actually a great podcast on this that uh, Flake did over at Podcana. And they have lots of experience in the TCG world. And that's something that struck me as interesting as well, because you're right. You would think in a fair world, if you have 10% of the product, everybody would get 10% across the board. And then it's not only like a matter of which retailers get the uh, product, but then when they're filling their customer orders, it's like, who whose product are they going to supply first? So the game store that I bought a booster box from one of the things they said because i was like well if i order more like would it be more likely that i get the product and they said no it's actually the opposite we like to fulfill the smaller orders first because that way we know that the product is getting out into more hands like that seems reasonable to me 
but it's it's so weird because then you're thinking, well, that does that mean someone who ordered five boxes and like if ten people ordered one box, they all get it, and then the one person who ordered five boxes gets zero because they're out of boxes now, but they ordered five, they should get at least one as well. Yeah, I would think they'd get at least one with the promise that the rest will be delivered at another time. I don't know how it all works, um, but I would think if you ordered five, I think what what they were trying to say was that like I could order five, but I'm not going to be promised to get all five at that time. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that. This is what what we're all talking about here is the August 18th release to local game stores and how much they're going to get on that first shipment. And with the understanding that Disney official Lorcana has repeatedly said in the last few weeks that they have increased production since the initial start of producing these cards. So they have gone back and upped how many they're printing because they can see the demand. And what that means is that not all of the orders will be filled on that first initial day. And that's where the problems be is everyone who wants to get it first. But three weeks later, six weeks later, there could be plenty of product for everybody. If you ordered 10 boxes, you may not get them all on that first day. But, you know, six weeks later, you may have all 10 boxes by that point. You just have to keep that in mind that uh, this is a product that will not be limited on just that one day. Like if if you can't get it that first day guess what? There's going to be another day you can. I mean, I would certainly hope that six weeks would be the latest. I mean, that's halfway through the set rotation. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is that's halfway to set two. Right. They're um, dropping them every 12 weeks. But but also the first set, apparently, you know, because of the way that trading card games work, where they have to keep things around for you to be able to buy the cards that maybe make up the meta decks. If there's some cards in set one, they're going to keep those in production and maybe have production of set one going for a year to fill any, any you know, remaining orders as people come into the game over the course of that year and need to backtrack and buy things. They're going to have to keep some of it in production probably, which means you're going to be able to get stuff, I would say, quite possibly for up to two years, depending on how they handle the production of sets, the rotation, all those kind of things. All the things we're learning about in the TCG world that happens, which is very weird because, you know, from the comic world, when a comic comes out, it's done. You know, they may reprint it, but that you is clearly listed as like a second print or a third print. And then the next month, issue number two is out and maybe the first, you know, a reprint of the first one, but it's not the same thing. These ones will all basically be exactly the same. They're just going to be continually printed for however long they need to to fill all orders. They'll be continually printed for sure. But I think the issue comes specifically from the people that want to play competitively. Yeah. And who knows what organized play looks like in the first set. But if you're not able to get product until halfway till set two releases, that really puts you at a disadvantage when you go to a tournament. So, but I mean, I, I, I believe if they do deliver, you know, three, four, six weeks, that's enough of a grace period on the first set that people will forgive them. The, the other thing that I, I think this was um, cabled at the enlightened Illumineer podcast. He was saying that um, the cards, the people who print the cards, there are only so many factories or printing presses that print 
card games and there's been a proliferation of card games i just played one this last weekend and they're all competing to get time slots or printing time slots in these factories and so that's one of the things that Lorcan is bumping up against like they had their initial estimate of how much product would be needed um now they're realizing that demand is going to be more but in order to get more time at these printing <laughs> factories i'm probably using the wrong word um is it's difficult because those printing presses are probably running nonstop, and that was a great insight for me yeah and apparently uh pokemon bought some uh print factories uh recently like in the last year because they needed to print so many cards and they were tired of waiting for you know, to find that time slot where they could. So they just bought some factories, which That's is pretty, one way to do it. That is. And Ravensburger does some of their own printing for their board games. Uh, so that is also the question is, are they printing a lot of the stuff themselves in some regions? Are they printing everything at, you know, uh, third party uh, printers? We don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. So I feel like this would be a good time to remind people We've been talking about pre-sales and pre-orders and allocation. And so sometimes you might go and look at a product at a local game store and you're not sure what a good price is. So I wanted to take a moment to remind everybody what the MSRP is. And again, like if the starter deck MSRP is $16 and they're selling it for $20, maybe it's worth the extra $4 for you. But if it's like $50, you're probably going to want to pass on that. So uh, the starter decks, they MSRP for $16.99, but they also come with a booster pack, which is kind of cool. Yeah, the booster pack the booster pack of retail MSRP is $5.99, which means the decks are essentially $11, which is right in line with virtually every single other trading card game that has their starter decks priced between $10 and $12. Um, the uh, Illuminator's Trove retails for forty nine ninety nine, which I actually think is going to be a pretty good value. I think so, and it looks really cool too. I really love that video that they put out with that shows everything that's in it. That yeah. stuff looks really cool. I like the deck boxes they with the all over art and everything. Uh, yeah, I think that looks really cool. Plus, you know, you get the eight booster packs in there, and eight times six is forty eight, and this is fifty. So. You're basically getting the deck boxes and the damage tokens and stuff like that, essentially for two dollars. Two bucks. I, you cannot complain about that. Oh, have you met the internet? <laughs> okay, you can complain about that, <laughs> but you shouldn't complain about it. No, you should not. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, the gift set featuring uh, Mulan and Hades uh, is twenty nine ninety nine, and that comes with uh, the two oversized foils, the two regular size foils the two exclusive tracker tokens and a bunch of damage tokens and four booster packs, which again at $6 uh, for four packs makes it $24. So you're getting $6 worth of stuff, which is the two extra foils, the large foils and all that other stuff. This is the one product that I kind of want to pass on, but I also want the exclusive trackers. So yeah, exactly. I'm I'm conflicted. <laughs> and then you just have to buy the portfolio that has the eight slots for the oversized foils, and you can just start storing the oversized foils and just put them away and forget you have them. Because if you don't like them, just put them away. 
I'll take them. I don't know. I like it because I'm 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 totally a collector, so I'm going to be buying one of everything. Even this the the supposedly uh every single trading card company makes really poor quality sleeves, but they have you know the images on the back of them. So of course I'm gonna buy them. Yeah, my first sleeves that I bought were for the My Hero Academia card game, and I bought the ones that were made by Jasco. And I didn't know any better. So I bought some dragon sleeves in preparation for Lorcana and, or uh, sorry, dragon shields. And it's night and day difference. These sleeves are so much better than the ones that Jasco made. So my prayer is that the sleeves that come with Lorcana are good quality. I'd, I'd settle for okay quality, not ones that fall apart like the first time you use them. <laughs> which apparently is a problem with some of these, uh, you know, licensed sleeves. Some some major company like Ultra Pro or uh, someone like that hopefully will be making them. Uh, so back uh, coming back around to the allocation issues, there are of course some uh, potential consequences uh, for for a, a severe allocation of product, and of course the the worst case scenarios include uh, well. Hype issues, uh, decreased hype. You know, if if you can't uh, go into a store and find the product, I mean, some people would just like, okay, I can't find it, so I'm not going to play it. And they just move on to whatever comes next. This happened during uh, COVID with Pokemon. I don't know if you remember this. Like, I wasn't even into playing TCG games, but I knew I was aware that Pokemon was selling like crazy and stores were locking them up. Um, people just weren't able to find product. And as a result, I mean, a lot of people just stopped playing. And the frustrating thing is, is that most of the Pokemon cards were being bought up by uh, investors. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's of course, you know, the, the potential problem uh, with Lorcana because you're adding in, you know, the Disney license and all of that kind of thing. And so, uh, that is the problem is, you know, how do you attract players? And as everyone says, a trading card game is great as a collectible, of course, you know, with especially with it being the Disney brand and all the awesome art. But you need players to keep a game going to give it life. Uh, and that's going to be a problem if there's no product available, if the allocations are so severe that everyone is just, you know, stuck looking around going like, who has it? Well, I think the most recent example of this is the One Piece trading card game. That game is so hyped right now, but nobody's able to buy any product. They just can't find it anywhere. And I know some of the stores here are just having a hard time creating a One Piece scene because nobody has any product. Like, I think now it's finally getting to a point where they're catching up, but it is a huge momentum killer for a game. If you can't get product to the people. Or you can't get product for the expected or reasonable price. Like if a booster box is $100 and everybody's selling it for $200, you know, a lot of people are going to be turned off by that and think that the game is just too expensive for what they were expecting and just, again, move on to the next game. And there seems to be a new game coming out every month. So what are some of the other issues we could face? Yeah, so the other big one, obviously, is missed money for Ravensburger. I mean, I don't know how much money they must have paid Disney to license this game, but something tells me they want a return on their investment. I don't think that this is a charity project for them. 
So by not having enough product, they're going to miss out on potential revenue. And you've seen the cards. They've commissioned artists to create original art. They want to do uh, organized play. Uh, they have this great social team, none of which can be cheap. And right now, they're like, <laughs> they must be running on loans because they haven't sold any product yet. So I have a feeling they want to make as much money as quickly as they can. All that puzzle money is going right into Lorcana. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talked about this one already. If uh, Robinsberger is able to restock quickly, uh, I think there's a grace period. Um, and to be honest, those of us who are wanting to get Lorcana right now, uh, because we're aware of it, I think we're going to be able to get it. So I don't think those of us who are wanting it now are going to be going online and complaining about it. But uh I certainly hope that the next wave of people that come behind us are able to get some pretty quickly too. I hope so. <laughs> I really <laughs> hope so. Cause I want to play it as soon as I can. Yeah. Same here. Soon. Soon. So that's it. Did we, did we miss anything else on allocation or. No, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a sensitive topic. A lot of people have, you know, a lot of strong opinions on it and about whether or not you should pre-order or wait or how much you should, or what the stores should do. Uh, and this is, again, we're still just talking only about local game stores because, you know, September 1st, big box stores are going to have it in stock. And apparently, a, a I would say a huge chunk of production is going to those stores because, you know, they have to fill how many hundreds and hundreds of stores just in America across all the targets and Walmarts that are planning, they're planning to stock it in. Yep. I mean, there's those game aisles in each of those stores and every single one of those has to have some product. And that's a lot of stores and a lot of product. And so it's going to be available there at straight retail, most likely the, you know, the MSRP uh, I would, you know, until we know differently, that's what I would assume. Um, and so if you don't get it in your local game store, you know, go check out your targets and Walmarts and, and see if they have it two weeks later. Yeah. Obviously you want to support your local game store if you can, but I would definitely, I will definitely be hitting up Walmart and target or wherever it's sold on September 1st. Yeah. So the <laughs> one thing that I've heard is a valid reason for people to hold off on pre-ordering right now is we don't even know the rules yet. Um, and there's a lot of people banging that drum for Lorcana to release the rules. And I think that's a valid point in holding off. It'd be like, hey, I have this new video game coming out. I have no gameplay footage and I'm not going to tell you how it's played, but it's based around Disney. Uh, give me your money. So here's a few screenshots. Enjoy. <laughs> that's a valid criticism. And uh, I hope I hope that we get gameplay and rules soon, hopefully within a month. I think we will. I think, uh, what is April is in, uh, like two days, two three days, days from today. Yeah. So or three days when this releases, it'll be one day. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, and we know that they have repeatedly again said that spring to them means April through June, which means we're going to get it sometime between April and June. So it will be actually soon. Can't wait. Can't wait because then that, you know, that'll give, you know, after the gameplay comes out, then all the people who are complaining will find something else to complain about. <laughs> so true. That's what we're good at. 
So I wanted to bring something up. Um, I, because we're on this journey of playing trading card games, going from newbies to amateurs here. I was actually in a big like card game tournament this weekend for a new game coming out called Battle Spirit Saga. And I, I just wanted to mention that. I saw you mention that and I was like, oh, so I wanted to, I wanted to be like, okay, so what happened? Yeah, so the genesis of this is our good friend, Mark Wooden, who we interviewed, our first guest on this podcast. He is really into this game, Battle Spirit Saga. And they had three pre-launch events, and one of which was here in Las Vegas. And between the three events, there was like a million-dollar prize pool. So each event, there's like $350,000 worth of prizes. And all you had to do is get in the top 128 to get some sort of cash prize. So he flies out and he's like, hey, you should participate. And I was like, oh, I've never played this game. (laughs) (laughs) But I pre-ordered some starter decks. And when I went there, I got a booster box. So here's the thing, though, about the pre-orders. So I bought the box there for $129. Now, when I look online, people are selling it for like $88. I'm like... Did I get gypped? <laughs> anyway, it's definitely below MSRP, but uh, it was a good experience. I only stayed for three rounds and went for seven rounds and it got done at about 11 o'clock at night. Holy cow. It was late starting because they were using an online system to pair everybody and that system crashed. <laughs> and so it was supposed to start at 1030. It didn't start until almost noon. Wow. It was it was a little frustrating for me, um, but luckily they had some food there. They had some restrooms. Uh, in my interview that I did with Sugi, he gave me some advice on like not giving anything away, um, playing with a poker face. And I will say, even though I played this game two times before this tournament, I went one and two. Nice. And in my first set, I won one game, lost two. My second set, I won two and lost to zero and then in my third set i went on to so but the fact that i won not knowing anything about these cards and all these people had been practicing for the last four to six weeks because they wanted to make money so i felt pretty good about myself that, that is pretty good yeah <laughs> anyway that was my experience and i actually enjoyed the game but this goes back to what we were talking about there's nobody i know who wants to play this game There's like one store in Las Vegas that is talking about holding events and they're all the way on the other side of town. So finding that player base and who knows, maybe once they get closer to release, release, there will be more hype anyway. So that was my experience. Sounds like it was a good time at least, you know, I mean, it was a great time, but you know, and, and Hey, it's, it's getting more experience uh, in the competitive environment, uh, starting to learn those, those good habits starting to learn how to, you know, deal with something that takes 10 hours to to happen. And the best part is I pulled an alternate art card of one of the most sought after cards and I sold it for $135. So basically I got paid to go play this game. Nice. (laughs) So let's get to the news. What news? So since we recorded last time, Disney Lorcana has released two cards, the first of which is Lady Tremaine. Do you want to read that, James? 
Sure. Uh, so they tweeted it out uh, last week, uh, and this one is in emerald uh, ink, and they tweeted out with emerald glimmers are among the most flexible and can adapt to overcome nearly any situation. And Lady Tremaine, Wicked Stepmother, is a dreamborn villain. Uh, one attack, uh, five defense, whatever those are. And the ability is, oh, it's a six cost with no flourish. Uh, the ability is do it again. When you play this character, you may return an action card from your discard to your hand. Uh, that is a pretty cool ability. Um, and I think that's uh, that's about it. It looks really cool. Uh, this is pretty funny because we had the trivia question where we asked and that she was the answer to the trivia question. And then like the next day they review released the card. And we're like, yes, we're pro prognosticators. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So we'll see what we can come up with this week. No, I like this art though, because her cane kind of looks like a key and she kind of has this steampunk vibe. And uh, what I'm curious is, like Tinkerbell and Captain Hook appear like they're in the same universe. They're both Dreamborn characters. So I wonder if the Dreamborn Cinderella characters are all going to have this like steampunk vibe. I am here for that if that's going to happen. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I mean, the the curtains look like gears a little bit. Um, and again, just the just the little bits of art that look like the swirls of the em emerald ink in the design. Um, I love the window behind her. It looks really cool. Uh, just, you know, it just looks cool. I mean, every single piece of art that they've revealed just looks cool. <laughs> right. Well, and this ability too, I'm just imagining if you play Emerald and Ruby, you play Dragonfire, then you drop Lady Tremaine and you can pick it up and play it again. What a cool ability she has. And then if you have Cruella who gets banished, she can bounce Lady Tremaine back to your hand and you can do it all over again. So look at all the little little combos that are, are coming out now that uh, we're getting a few more cards. Right. So the second card that they revealed was a Ruby card featuring Goofy. And the tweet says, daring Ruby glimmers often leap without looking. And so it's Goofy, and he's jumping. It looks like he has a squirrel suit on, and he's getting ready to infiltrate something. He's a five cost with the flourish. His name is Goofy Daredevil. He has three strength, attack, four defense. He's a dreamborn hero. He's evasive. I'm sensing a theme with the Ruby cards, um, and only characters with evasive can challenge this character. So it's a pretty cool looking card. Yes, and the, the flavor text is sometimes you got to give it the old jump and... <laughs> it's a, it's an image you can hear, that's for sure. Yes, and I love Goofy, and this is awesome. And it just uh, makes me so excited to see what they come up with for Donald and Pluto and Minnie and Daisy and all of the other uh, main Mickey and Friends characters uh, just to bring them in. I mean, a Daredevil Goofy, I mean... <laughs> now this is goofy so i mean you, you combine the marvel daredevil and it's like well that guy is like precision you know human precision right that's not goofy so you know this this picture of goofy flying through the air is gonna end poorly <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> i'm sitting here looking at this though and realizing it blows my theory up about cinderella the cinderella dreamborn universe being steampunk 
because I'm pretty sure Mickey Brave Little Taylor is also a dreamborn, and thematically, Goofy does not fit with Mickey. So, yeah, not there goes all. that theory. Oh well, but short-lived. <laughs> there may be another dreamborn uh, Goofy that does fit. That's true. Who knows? Good. Okay. Any other news? Uh, I don't think so. I think that well, was let's it. jump into Jeopardy. All right. And it's my turn to ask you questions. <sighs> okay. For 100, are you ready? Uh, I think so. For 100, this is the name of Hercules' trainer. Uh, someone's going to yell at me for the Phil. Who is, is Phil? Phil? Correct. Okay. 100, you got it. Now for 200, this is the name of the toy store in Toy Story 2. That would be, uh, what is Al's Toy Barn? Ding, 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 ding. Okay, two for two. These are the names of the three movies that make up the Aladdin trilogy. Of course, Aladdin is the first one. Uh, this I don't now. I'm probably not going to get the order right, but I think one of them is Aladdin, Jafar's Revenge, Return of Jafar, Return of Jafar, and then the other one is Aladdin, King of Thieves. Ding 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 ding. Three for three. Okay, 400. This is the name of Belle's father in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I know this one. This one is, who is Maurice? Oh, man, that was not a 400 question for you. Okay, good job, though. This is 500. Maurice! (laughs) This is 500. I think this is going to be a tricky question. This is the name of the restaurant that Mike Wazowski takes his girlfriend to in Monsters, Inc., what is Harryhausen's? Good job. Yes. Five for five. I need to up my difficulty for you. Well, Harryhausen's <laughs> is very difficult because it is, uh, but I knew it because of the, how cool it was that they named it because he is the stop motion animator who did all of those old movies in like the 50s and 60s. Oh, okay. Back with the Titans and all that. So that was, you know, that clicked with my movie history thing. So that's why I remember it. Nice. Well, good job. Five Sweet. for five. I'm going to say four and a half out of five because I did technically mess up this one of the Aladdin movies. So. Okay. All right. Four and a half out of five. All right. So if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can share us with your friends, families, neighbors, and you can follow me on Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. And James, where can they find you? They can find me everywhere online at Dan Regal, and you can check out geekshotphoto.com for links and such for myself and my wife. And thank you all for joining us. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.